Podable is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices 60% off. If you need tickets, you think of game time. You tap it twice. We're also going to get 60% off uh, right before the tip. Uh, if you're a Celtics fan, you're going to have to wait a little bit. But when they're coming back, use the game time app if you want to uh, get into the game. Game time app is simple. It's quick and easy to navigate. Download the game time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to Anything is Potable here on The Athletic. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, and my favorite basketball squadrons, the Boston Celtics. I'm joined by beat writer for The Athletic, covering the Boston Celtics. It's the kid, the legend, the god, I believe we're still saying at this point, Jay King, uh, from the depths of the team garden. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing great. I'm fighting back a little cough right now. Trying to trying to stay strong, hold that in, so so the listener gods don't have to listen to that. It was a fun game at the Garden. Joel Embiid was fantastic. The Celtics did not have enough. <coughs> I knew it was coming. Work through it. I knew it was coming. Uh, I'm just trying to f- fight through it, but the Celtics were were not quite able to fight through it against a tough matchup in Joel Embiid and the monstrous Philadelphia 76ers. So we're going to talk about the game. Celtics lose 115 to 109. Uh, we'll get all our observations in. We'll take a break and come back and talk about uh, where the Celtics stand. They were on a huge run, uh, but then they had two tough losses against top teams in the East. Uh, and then we'll finish it all out with the Grant Williams settler of Catan table, the fearsome foursome uh, that's going to be the uh, winners this week. So let's start with the game. 115-109, and um, as a Celtics fan, I think i got to be pretty upset with Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal because they called out Joel Embiid for <laughs> not dominating, and that was probably the most dominant performance I've ever seen Embiid like, live in person. I think that's his best game against the Celtics. He Only two turnovers, 12 of 14 from the line. He like only took three threes. He was just, and his defense, I thought his defense was uh, dominant the whole night. The He was just damn good. And it was, there's just nothing the Celtics could really do about it. Yeah. I, I thought one thing that he was really good at was playing against their double teams. Like when they sent help and beat found open guys, he found shooters. Mike Scott isn't always going to go, five for seven from the three-point arc, but he's able to do so because Embiid had such a nice passing game. And, you know, obviously that that's a really tough matchup for the Celtics. They are super small. They started Daniel Tice, even though they had started Cantor last time, but Cantor played just about as many minutes as he's played in any game for the Celtics. He was really good. Like, might have been his best game for the Celtics. He had 20 points, nine rebounds. But Embiid was just dominant. And and I, I, it's not like there's absolutely nothing the Celtics could do. 
but they definitely have to be sharper against him. And I mean, some of it was, was tough, tough luck. Like he's not going to go two for three from the three point arc every game. He, he got going a little bit. He had that little mid range jumper near the end, but like he got, he just kind of flicked aside the, the Celtics big men and, and just really thoroughly outplayed them all night. I thought they had some like decent moments against them. Cantor certainly just because he's larger, I think was better on defense, but you're right. Embiid's passing playing within the offense. He had six assists tonight. Uh, there's really just and just two turnovers against like a lot of double teams, and obviously turnovers can be an issue for him. So he was just really it was a clean effort from him. I thought on top of being a dominant effort. Yeah, because normally you can like rely on him shooting uh, like a little bit more threes or making dumb passes and whatever it was. He was just locked in tonight. I mean, the I thought Tobias Harris had a nice third quarter, especially uh, getting to the rim. Uh, Mike Scott, you mentioned, knocked down all those shots. But other than that, there wasn't, like, huge performances uh, from anyone else. It felt like Embiid um, really dominated. And, like, the the Celtics' defense was, the I think, the issue. Um, well, I don't know. The, 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 another very apparent issue is how good the Sixers are on defense and just how big they are. Uh, it felt like the Celtics uh, – Kemba Walker got it going in the first quarter, first half. Um, but then they really just struggled to get good shots in the second half. Jalen Brown only took nine. Jason Tatum couldn't hit anything. And the Sixers, like the story is like Kanner has 20 and Tice has 16, but those are the shots they wanted the Celtics to take. Like Ennis Cantor taking pull-up or jump shot, not even jump shots, he doesn't jump, but jump shots from the free throw line is like... Set shots, 17-foot set shots. Exactly. Like that's exact. He hit him. So credit to Cantor tonight, but that's a win every single time for the Sixers. And it just felt like Embiid had a huge impact uh, around the rim. And then just like the size of the Sixers on the perimeter really stopped drives uh, at that point. So it was it was just a very impressive performance from the 76ers because the Celtics uh, were not great offensively. Yeah, especially without Al Horford and. They're different without Horford. Like Scott is far more willing to launch it than Horford is. Um, and in some ways, that probably gave Embiid a little bit more space. But like, it, it really was. It was a thorough, thorough performance from the 76ers on the road. I thought Harris was really good. I thought he used his size really well. When he got a mismatch, he tried to duck inside. There was a late possession where. He got in inside of Tatum for a layup and went in and scored. It was just too easy. And the Celtics gave up too many like easy buckets late. Um, I thought Gordon Hayward had a great third quarter. I thought he made just one really nice decision after another. Um, he had probably the best game of any Celtic, although that's weird to say after Kemba just destroyed the 76ers in the first half. Yeah, but he disappeared completely. It's like they Matisse Tybel did a good job on defense of him, but you're right. Like Kemba dropped 29, but I think he had 24 in the first half. Yeah, I felt like the the 76ers like their their defense went way up in the second half. Um and then the Celtics like Tatum probably it might be time to just discard the floater for a while. Like just don't try it very much because it seems like he's been missing that a whole lot this year. But that's like uh, the power of Embiid. Like, 
you yeah. want to do something. Like, it's really hard to meet and beat at the rim. You, Daniel Tice found that out uh, late where he got absolutely destroyed. Agreed. But at the same time, like, and I, I guess maybe that's just the next step in, in Tatum's evolution is that he needs to be able to to seek out contact and get free throws and be able to manufacture somehow in the paint better opportunities. Um, only two free throw attempts for him. Only 17 for the Celtics as a team. I think that that kind of goes with what you said about Embiid having a really, really good defensive performance. But they just didn't get to the line much except for Kemba, who had 10 free throw attempts. Um, what happened and- to uh, Jalen Brown tonight? Because it felt like he had some good moments early. And I th- like an interesting thing that like Brad kind of changed his rotations tonight. He had been going with um kind of Tatum and a bench unit to start second quarters like Tatum would get the first rest and come back in he kind of switched it up tonight uh and uh it was Jalen Brown Gordon Hayward and the rest of the bench and I thought like they Jalen did a lot I just remember one possession is basically just all Jalen trying to go one-on-one and it just didn't work out and it felt like he kind of stifled his progress and then wasn't aggressive after that like he only had nine shots and um, he was actually a minus 14. I know plus minus is not good, but eight points. Uh, it felt like he just was was pretty absent, uh, which is when Tatum's not shooting well, it's like it's kind of tough for the uh, him also to uh, kind of perform that poorly. Yeah, and I, I thought the Celtics had like their second unit had some weird possessions where when Marcus Smart isn't playing, and you're throwing out some second units that don't have a lot of playmakers. Like I feel like that they, they need to be more get, have a more concerted effort of running the offense through Gordon Hayward. Like I, I felt Definitely. like there were Definitely. there were times when they didn't do that enough when he was on the court with a number of guys who are non playmakers. I thought the first time the offense kind of bogged down was I think it was the first half and Jalen was running um, with one of the bench units. And he had Thibel on him, and I thought Thibel did a pretty good job on him and kind of forced him into some some stuff that he probably didn't want to do. And the Celtics, like, they just had too many tough stretches offensively, I thought. Um, they didn't operate with enough pace. It probably helped, like, when the 76ers, they, they shot 50%. They made 14 threes. They got a lot more... Uh, free throw attempts. So the the Celtics, like they only had 12 turnovers. So the Celtics didn't have many opportunities to kind of get out and transition. And if you're going up against a set defense with super long bros, then it's going <laughs> it's, it's gonna to be tough on you. And I, I thought they probably didn't do enough to get their threats. Um, the ball with, with, against closeouts and actions like that, but it's tough against the 76ers. Their, their size and length and defensive acuity, acuity, that, that's a good word. Ooh, yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a $5 <laughs> word right there. <laughs> but that that combination makes them really tough to score on. I, it feels like we're pretty being like pretty harsh on the Celtics because they, they were in this game. It was a, a two-point game. Um Actually, one point game after Tatum hit that three at the end, it was close. What did you think about the kind of late game decisions by Brad Stevens and the execution from the Celtics? Because the Celtics actually 
felt it felt like they were slipping away and they had this kind of impressive 7-0 run to cut it within to two. Um, and that's when things kind of started getting wonky. Uh, Cantor got called for a foul, basically running over. That Josh was definitely Smith. a foul, by the way. Even oh, though yeah. he said Cantor, that was absolutely he didn't absurd. want to answer a question about it because he didn't want to get fined. Like he yeah, ran man, through he, him, he ran him after he just like set a basic pick and he did a great job of just like you know doing exactly what he needed to do. Then after that, uh, uh, Brad goes to the hack of Simmons, which I'm all for. Like Ben yeah. Simmons was not impressive at all tonight. Um, and, uh, he's generally garbage. Okay. That's an outrageous take. I realized I just said that it's not true, but I've always Ben Simmons just seems very upset the whole time. And the whole coward thing, I'm anti Ben Simmons, but I like the idea of hack of Simmons, um, because of what Brad said, I, I guess I understood his reasoning. He said the timing left, it was like 35, 38 seconds. And he was basically trying to get a quick thing in there and then, get a two for one. So I get it like to try to quick foul, maybe maximize possessions. Simmons wasn't the best free throw shooter. Um, his first one kind of wobbled in there. He real line drive, but I don't know. What did, what did you think of it at the time? I didn't hate it. Um, obviously like Simmons, he hadn't done too much at that point when you're on the road and you've got questions about your free throw shooting to begin with and probably in your own head doubts, about your own free throw shooting. Like that's a tough spot to go ahead and hit to for a 58% career free throw shooter. Like props to him. He made them. I didn't, I didn't hate the decision by Stevens. If he had missed one, then the Celtics would have had a chance to tie the game on a three. Then, yeah. Then Tatum's three ties the game. And so, yeah, in, instead they were still able to get a three go within one. What really and ended their chances was after they fouled the next time Tatum threw an inbounds pass that Jalen thought he got fouled on and the ball went out of bounds. And I don't think he got fouled on got that him. either. I think he just fell. Yeah. That, that was one of those plays where like he probably got hit a little bit. Are you going to call it at the end? Like, I don't know. Um, I watched, I watched the replay a lot of times I thought there was definitely some contact, but it wasn't like egregious. J Jalen definitely thought he got hit. Um, he seemed a little upset about that one, uh, but he also said that, that the 76ers were the better team and gave them a lot of credit for, for outplaying the Celtics. So I thought that was kind of the, the wise opinion. The Celtics, like if they had won, it would have been just stealing one in the last minute. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up uh, this game with we got to mention Al Horford returned and he had a very uh, pleasant reception of a of a nice ovation and then that was about it. Yeah, there was no video tribute. They just showed Al on the jumbotron and Danny Ainge stood to his feet, gave an ovation. Most of the crowd stood, gave an ovation. It was. Like just a very Al Horford moment. It was just like not overwhelming applause, just like politely it was, thanking it was him tasteful. for his it was, time. It was very tasteful. Tasteful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, all right. I thought I'll go for like, it. Go for it. I, I don't know. I, I was just it was probably the, the reception I would have I would have guessed that it would be. 
Like, there was a no lot real... of discussion today on Twitter about like what if he's going to get booed or not, and then it was just like, oh, yeah, this is like probably wasn't need to be that discussed. Like, they appreciate it, but like since the team's so good, there's no real reason to be that upset. Okay, and plus, like, things were dysfunctional last year. You can't really blame a guy for wanting to leave dysfunction. Obviously, like some other factors changed. Um, but after what happened last year, can you really blame the guy for wanting to leave? This wasn't wasn't like Ray Allen um, when the Celtics were like still competing for championships and he took off. This was after just a dreadful season that everyone seemed to hate. Or if it was like, yeah, I could probably do better and go team up with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and try to win a championship like, somewhere else and maybe not hate or maybe maybe not have a team full of guys who don't like playing with each other. So I, I, I think it was very understandable that he left and and why he left. So I get it. Yeah, and it felt like that was the general consensus of the crowd. It was like, thank you for your time. I get it, but now you're on another team. Uh, yeah, I, not only that, but on a team that that also has aspirations in the Eastern Conference. Exactly. I'm going to run through a quick junk drawer just to get rid of the, uh, tonight's game to finish it up. Um, this is a tweet from you that I thought was uh, some of your best work all night. Fran Rogers has the voice of an angel. Uh, Fran responded to that. Oh, he did? <laughs> what did he have to say? He said that I actually have the voice of an angel. And, oh, what uh, a liar. <laughs> I don't blame him. I'm not talking about my my singing voice, but if, if we're gonna go your with writing voice, your no, your plume, your pen podcast, game. If we're gonna go with podcast voices, I mean, I have the voice of an angel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not like Fran though. For Fran, Fran can really sing that na- national anthem. He's got he's got pipes. I mean, if with a name like Fran, you gotta be a a cool singer, and I. I can't tell if I've heard Fran before. It feels very familiar, but oh, as soon as oh, the name Fran, Fran is a regular at the guard. Yeah, so as soon as I heard the name Fran, it's like, oh man, this guy's gonna kill the anthem. It's just like it really everything made sense there. Um before the game at shoot around, it's the first time I've been to a, an opposing shoot around in a long time, so that was interesting to see. But it was just cool. Jenny Mack is writing a story, uh, and she interviewed Brett Brown, and for like 20 minutes, Brett Brown was just like taking her through like positions on the court. Uh uh, I was just like, wow, two legends at the game, just uh, just chatting it up about hoops. It was cool. I don't know. I was I was impressed by my first uh, visitor shoot around. I I am glad you were impressed. Well, thank we're you. not normally an impressive bunch. No, you you were not the. It was not really impressive at all. Besides that, it was just a a dumb scrum. But moving on, the JetBlue f- flight crew continues to dunk, uh, uh, adding new dunks to the repertoire. Uh, they got one where Lucky's standing on this uh, platform. People are doing flips over him. Ran into Lucky after the game. He was uh, he was appreciative of the love. He says he's keep on trying to get new tricks for me. And so um, uh, you're welcome to the people out there. Uh, but you notice how Lucky like will and will add a new trick to his halftime performance. He won't just rest on his laurels and then just fail uh, to put a bowl on his head for another time. I like the subtle red panda slander. Dude, Red Panda stinks. She's a failure. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a little too harsh, but <laughs> she she definitely doesn't sw- switch it up very much. I'll give you that. That's my biggest problem with her. She's been doing the same act for thirty years. All right, we're moving on. We got to go quickly. Uh, did you see Gordon Hayward's barber shoes? 
I, I did see Gordon Hayward's barber shoes. Yes. I, uh, those are interesting. They were those, trash. They were the, gross. Those are interesting. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna criticize him too harshly because the man does have great hair, terrific haircut. I just, I guess that wouldn't be what I wanted to highlight if I had my own <laughs> pair of shoes. Wouldn't be uh, my first choice. But, you know, I, I'm, I might get a pair. No, you're not. not you're not going to buy an Anta. My own very beautiful hair. Do you know if you if you wanted to get those shoes, where you would go, though? Ooh, I like that. StockX. That's where you get the hottest new sneakers. The ones that barely hit the shelves. I don't think the barber shoes are on the shelves at all. But if you want to get them, if you want to get the exclusives, you go to StockX, a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Uh, so if you want anything new, uh, Jordans, I don't know. I'm not a big shoe guy. Air Max 95s, Bapes, Supreme. That's a thing that the youth wear. You go to StockX. Uh, it's the same principles as a stock market, so you can kind of – Make buying and selling as safe and easy as possible. Real-time market data, what's better than that? So you can do intelligent buying and selling, and it gives you access to tons of historical price data. Uh, StockX has an exciting offer for athletic listeners, so use the promo code BBALL2019 for $20 off your next purchase. If you want to be like Jay and get those Gordon Hayward uh, barbershop antas, Go to StockX.com slash B-Ball. Enter promo code B-Ball 2019 for $20 off. And so go to StockX. Um, I got other junk stuff, but it's not great. So I figured uh, it's a good time to kind of step back. Let's take in what happened in Indiana the night before. Uh, where are the Celtics? We had a conversation, I think, last week that was lost to the uh, – ether because we messed up recording but where do you uh like kind of place the celtics in the eastern conference now after two tough losses close losses to um kind of the better competition in the east about the same as before uh okay brad stevens don't get too high don't get too low <laughs> no i'm just saying like until recently the celtics had typically executed well in the fourth quarter and the second half this the last couple of games they didn't do that. The Pacers fourth quarter, especially the beginning of it, was just a collapse. It was they had seven turnovers in the fourth quarter. Three or four of them came right away when they had a ten point lead and just urinated it away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then the Seventy Sixers game, it was sort of similar. Um, where the Celtics just had stretches and Kemba Walker kind of pointed it out afterward. He said, we have lapses where sometimes it just looks bad. <laughs> and that, that kind of sounds about right. Like the Celtics have stretches where they look really good and stretches where they don't look very good and don't hunt the best shots. And I think those, those stretches are certainly fewer than last season, but some of the same issues with shot selection and certainly the issue with size can, can, can hurt them like it did against Embiid 
like it did sometimes against DeMontis Sabonis. Um, this team has flaws, and sometimes they're good enough to to overcome those flaws, and they definitely have a lot of talent, and they'll be better when they get Marcus Smart back. That but, was going to be my big question. It's like, how much do you think is this Marcus Smart's absent? Not necessarily Marcus Smart because he's like makes winning plays and all the things he contributes, just like if they're going to overcome adversity or – kind of play against the best teams in the league or overcome things like size. Um, they're going to need their five like best guys out there. And it just really hasn't happened this year. And so against two of the better teams in the East, like, yes, the Celtics can beat them, but the Celtics need to be able to like fire on all cylinders. And I think they just can't do that with Marcus smart. I think it's a little bit easier with Hayward out because they have more, wings and kind of Tatum and Brown can play up. Uh, but I think smart as more of a ball handler guard type, it's harder to replace him. Um, and just like to replace his intangibles and like the crazy things you can do to kind of turn a game. But I definitely yeah, look, think it's like the Celtics played nine guys. One of them, Javante green has not done ready hardly, for prime time has done hardly anything. He got a club in, trillion tonight with NBA action. Like, Another one, Shemi Ojale, played 23 and a half minutes, had zero points, just two field goal attempts, just one assist. Um, so, yeah, they definitely miss Marcus Smart. They miss his playmaking. They miss his the threat of shooting at least because they don't bring – I mean, tonight their bench players were Ojale, Cantor, Javante Green, and Brad Wanamaker. Sturdy Wanamaker, Brad Wanamaker didn't do much tonight. I'm surprised he only got 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it, and he's capable of making threes, but he doesn't take a lot. And so, and Jalen may have played 41 minutes. It was interesting that, like, on a second night of a back-to-back, Brad would shorten the bench because um, normally he's much more willing but, to well, go. They, they have five days off between that is a good point. before their next game, so Brad Brad was kind of in YOLO mode. I felt like, um, at least w- with regard to Jalen. Jalen's 41 minutes. That's got to be a season high for the Celtics this year. I would imagine. Um, Hayward played 37. But, yeah. the uh, I I don't think the these two games change much about how the Celtics should feel about themselves. But it just it pointed out, again, some of the issues that they have. And one of those issues is... And I, I imagine it would have been the same if, if Smart had played. But the Celtics can't really get away with playing their five best players together a lot. And the 76ers, like, they have issues of their own. They have a weird mix of huge guys, that not maybe a lot of playmaking or shooting. But they can play their five guys together. And when Horford's in there, he's going to play power forward, and it's going to be with Embiid, Richardson, Simmons and Harris, and that's just going to be how how it goes. The Celtics, like they played Ennis Cantor in crunch time, and they had to because they had to match up against Joel Embiid. But like you're you're so much better off if you can just play your five best guys without having to worry about matchups. And I know Cantor was really good, and I know he's obviously their their best matchup for Embiid. But it, it it's just a concerning thing that the Celtics like to match up against some of these teams and especially the 76ers, they need to play a dude who's probably their eighth or ninth best player on most nights. 
So that's my question is like, is it, is it a general problem or is it a, a Sixers problem? Because Joel Embiid is the best center in basketball. And like, admittedly, at every other position, the Sixers are quite huge. So like playing up uh, certain positions, it's like, it, it's, it's so much more of an issue. But is that just like a Sixers problem? It feels like that's something that like the I think the Celtics could get away playing smaller against the Pacers. Um, I don't believe as much in like Marcus All. I think they could do it against the Raptors, the Bucks. Uh, harder question. They're also a bigger team, and so I guess I think the Cel- the Celtics have the potential to get get a lot of regular season wins. Uh, but the question still remains of like what are you going to do in the playoffs against these uh, bigger guys? Because re- like. After the Embiid performance tonight, it's like they just don't. There's nothing. No one on the roster that's an answer for him. Yeah, obviously that's an issue. But there are a few guys in the league who are answers for him. Like the Celtics were very lucky the last couple of years to have Al Horford and to have Aaron Baines, who could somewhat deal with Embiid in single coverage and allow the Celtics to not double off a lot of the other guys. And so now it's different. Now they have to double team sometimes and they have to play Cantor, who's not a defensive stalwart. And they have to try different things and succeed in different ways. And they weren't good enough tonight against Embiid. I thought I thought just as big an issue, maybe more of an issue, was the Celtics second half offense. Like if if you're not scoring, then like it, it just makes it really tough on your defense, um, and they just they just weren't weren't sharp enough. So, I mean, Brad Stevens. There was one time a late late double team on Embiid, and someone just left their man wide open underneath the buck. I forget who it was. I think it was Ojale, and Brad just snapped. <laughs> he was so <laughs> mad that the double was at the wrong time off the wrong guy. And and that the Celtics just allowed someone to score a wide open layup, and it's moments like that that hurt you. Like Embiid is going to do his thing, but you need to guard the arc, which the Celtics didn't do a good enough job, and you need to eliminate those lapses where guys just get wide open layups. And I think those are the types of plays that Kemba Walker was was pointing out when he said the Celtics need to not have lapses. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's it, it all comes back to I think the the for the long term view of the Celtics, like is the big man question is it is it something that you go out and try to make a deal for so you can compete this year, or do you just kind of um, like ride with the guys that you have because yeah, it's that, very hard to make a trade without giving up some serious pieces for if you're gonna like actually want to compete with Joel Embiid, you can't just get a guy who can defend him. You need a two-way guy who can defend him, and that those people get paid a lot of money. Yeah, and like it's it's tough to look at other rosters and make a trade that one leaves the Celtics with the versatility that separates them, and two gives them a legitimate option against Embiid. And, and frankly, like it's basically just Embiid, right? Like. Is he the only guy we're talking about here? Like Sabonis can be an issue, sure, but you're, I think not, cha- Giannis, you're not changing the roster to deal with him. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis, maybe. Um, I think it's like the Giannis 
but also the Bucks have other size combination, and so and maybe like, like Anthony Davis, if yeah, by whatever reason the Celtics did make it to the finals, like those are the guys that are big enough and freaky enough to to just destroy you, um, and like those, it's rare that that those guys can just destroy you. Maybe maybe the Celtics, I don't know, I, <laughs> I don't know if they're just like too flawed. I don't know if they can overcome that stuff in the East. I do know the 76ers and Embiid specifically are a damn tough matchup and that they will continue to be as long as Embiid is staring at Daniel Tice and Ennis Cantor. And basically if Embiid is staring at anyone, but when he wants to dominate, he's pretty capable of doing it against those guys. And the Celtics just need to be super sharp with everything that they do defensively against them. And they can't, they can't have those lapses. And the, uh, I still think like they also need shooting, like another shooter. I think they that's need more some sort of bench ops and speed. Like they sent Carson Edwards down to Maine or to Iowa, actually sent him to Iowa to go caucus for some, uh, people. But that was a terrible joke. That was an awful, awful joke. It wasn't even a joke because it wasn't like there was no way. Anything I could have said would have resulted in something humorous. It was just like, that's a thing in Iowa. Um, but getting back on track, like Carson Edwards has been not good this year. Uh, the fact that Tybal, uh has been very good and now can make threes when he had like his reputation as strictly being a defensive guy makes the Edwards pick hurt a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, they just don't have anything really, any bench right now that's like useful beyond um sturdy Wanamaker and I guess a kid, like this was Ennis Cantor's best game and he's still just like not great defensively. Yeah, although he had that moment where he stole it from I think it was O'Quinn and O'Quinn took was off. garbage tonight. I'm sorry, but keep telling the story, but O'Quinn was garbage. Minus fifteen in twelve minutes. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> Cantor like stole it from him and just kind of rumbled the other way. And then the Celtics bench simultaneously just made fun of Cantor's running form all at the same time. It was, it was a beautiful thing to see. It was, it was just glorious. Just, just a team wide roasting of a guy who had just made a great defensive play and a great hustle play to get a bucket, just roasting him. Uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And then Cantor I feel had, like the bench celebrations or bench reactions, like we first, we had the grant hitting a three and then this, uh, have been pretty good recently. That's good for like cohesion. I think the locker room's really like locked in right now. Yeah, and uh, another thing I want to point out is uh, Brad Stevens' challenge of uh, he won and it didn't do anything. He won and it did literally nothing. And that's the second time. So basically, Cantor got called for a foul on Embiid, and Stevens challenged it. The Celtics won the challenge, but the result was just a jump ball between Embiid and Cantor. Obviously, Embiid's going to win that. The 76ers got the ball and scored immediately. It, but is there anything you can do? Uh, like, would you Can you award the Celtics basketball there if they win the challenge? No, I, but I think Steven— The shot clock to, was re, well, reset on that, which felt like that shouldn't happen. Well, they, that's what they do. That's the rule. It goes to 24. That makes no sense. It should only but, make go to 24 if the Celtics get possession. But I think the bigger point here is, like, Stevens needs to get better at deciding when to use challenges. 
You have to like. I don't get why you would like not save them for the fourth quarter. Like it's crazy to not have one late. Yeah, and like, like obviously, the the inbound to Jalen that could have been in, in consideration, right? Like, yeah. Tatum Tatum's inbound pass went out of bounds. Maybe a foul. If Steven still had a challenge, he would have at least strongly considered using it there. And I know it would have been tough to to lose a timeout in that situation, but like having a challenge there is huge and using it on, I believe it was a second quarter play that had very little impact on the game. And the 76ers still ended up getting two points on the possession. Just doesn't make sense. I do actually think Stevens needs to, to work on his challenge game theory and, and Ooh. come back, come back a better coach, Kaizen. You know what's a challenge is sometimes finding the right food when you're hungry. Like, what if you've had long day at work? You're still stuck at the office. What do you? You just want some good food. You haven't done any pre-planning because you don't think about that, and you're just like, I need good food right now. What do you do? You go to DoorDash. It's obvious. I've been ordering DoorDash uh, again. Some wings from Wings Over Somerville. Uh, got them last night. It was fantastic. DoorDash basically has anything, fast food, all of your local delivery places. They have over 34,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. Like those are some astronomical numbers. Uh, but you can get Chipotle, Wendy's. You can get the new Popeye's chicken sandwich. You can pretty much get anything. Uh, and because you are a listener of ours, you can also get Five dollars off your first order over fifteen dollars if you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Celtics. That's five dollars off when you download DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code Celtics. And so you can—it's—it's food that comes directly to your home, and we're giving you five dollars worth of it. So that's promo code Celtics for five dollars off your first order of DoorDash. Uh, it's a it's a really swell thing, and I use it, and you should use it too because um, people need to eat food. Delicious, sounds delicious. It's also gonna be. Del- oh, oh, you're you're gonna jump <laughs> in that transition right there. Also delicious, settlers of Catan. That, that doesn't make any sense, but go for it. But sometimes you just gotta go for it. So we got we got to choose the basically the the four guys who showed themselves best. Over the last week, we've—it's not necessarily the four best players from the week, but guys who have exceeded expectations, perhaps guys who had big moments, necessary moments. So this is going all the way back to the, I believe, the Miami game, and so that's the crazy thing about Celtics have two very good wins against the the Heat and the Nuggets then destroy the Cavs because they're a fake franchise, and then two kind of tough but close losses against other uh, teams in the East. So who who do you nominate, good sir, to be the first member to sit at the Settlers of Catan table? Kemba. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> he almost single-handedly kept them in the game against the Pacers during the first half. Like, was just incredible in that game. Ended up. Did he with, have a full I, fifty burger? No, did he just short? He had forty four. He had thirty nine for a while, and that was kind of the problem is that he got it wasn't great in the fourth quarter, but still he was yeah he was and, he was great he was phenomenal. And then twenty nine points and eight assists, just one turnover against the seventy sixers. Obviously, not the second half he would have wanted, but fantastic in the first half. Always a threat. 
and just has been really good for the Celtics. So Kemba, Kemba is number one choice. Uh, all right. Do you have any follow-ups for second pick? I'm my initial reaction. I don't remember stats or don't remember specific things that would happen, but it felt like last week Jalen Brown had a really good week, but now I don't know if he uh, deserves it, kind of uh, the recent performance. Who else sticks out to you? I'm blanking right now. Hayward? Hayward only played two games. But, three games. But he came back from injury. But ahead of schedule, even though that was uh, the entire point because the schedule was fake. He came back ahead of schedule. He immediately looked like Gordon Hayward again. He avoided injury, serious injury when he got smacked in the nose. And he uh, had a very good game against the 76ers. So I'm going with Gordon Hayward. I don't think the competition is very fierce. Jalen Brown had 31 points against the Heat. But what did Jalen do tonight, bro? What has he done for what did, what did What did Gordon Hayward do against the Heat? Oh, he was out. Exactly. He was, exactly. He, was recover, he was recovering from uh, an injury far quicker than anyone anticipated. The best ability is availability. And he was fighting to get that availability back. <laughs> That's true. He was working, working so close to it. All right. I think we could just put them both on because I don't know if there's anyone. Yeah, J- Jalen's been great lately. I think Jalen's been very good, and I think he just definitely deserves a spot, and no one else is really um, fighting for that pick. I think the last spot is the question is, like, do you reward Jason Tatum for some just, like, generally solid play, or do you have to uh, kind of deduct him uh, for his performance tonight against the Celtics? Or you go Cantor. Cantor had his best game as a Celtic, and I think you're right. The He probably – deserves it the only other person i could think is old steady eddie uh brad wanamaker just been uh fantastic but you know what i've I've like come i've grown accustomed to just that's what brad wanamaker is going to do Cantor really exceeded expectations today uh i like played very well or about as well as you can against joel Embiid. so i think you're right i think Cantor's the fourth guy yeah i think i think you might be right all right I mean, that was that was a pretty easy Catan table. I'm glad we settled it. Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, and Ennis Cantor making his appearance for the first time. Um, I, I will say this for Ennis Cantor. Not a great defender, but he tries. That's half, he, that trying trying's a skill too. He tries. He tries. Sometimes sometimes it looks not great. <laughs> but <laughs> But he tries, and I do think the 76ers are a pretty good matchup for him because they don't have a ton of like playmaking creativity. They don't have a ton of pick-and-roll creators. They don't have guards, really, who are good and will beat you off the dribble. Ben Simmons is garbage. He's always yeah, so bad. That's a pretty good matchup for him, and they're going to need him against Embiid in that matchup for better and worse. You know what we always do, Jay? We try to. We try to deliver – the best Celtics podcast uh, to you guys, the listener gods. And I feel like we are, we're doing a pretty good job of it. And if you think we're doing a good job of it, it would be amazing if you could subscribe to anything is potable on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, give it a five-star rating, tell your friends about it. Say, Hey, 
I enjoy listening to this. You might too. You like the Boston Celtics. They're a good basketball team. Uh, so subscribe uh, to the podcast. We do two a week. This is the free one. If you want to listen to the other one, you'll have to be a subscriber to The Athletic. There you can read the work of the great Jay King. Uh, you can read the work of basically the best NBA writers across the nation. Oh, they've got other sports like NFL, Major League Baseball. We even have The Athletic UK. Uh, pretty much anything. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic or you want to give it as a gift, go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Uh, I believe we're given a 40% discount. I believe the holiday sales a 50% discount. So please uh, support us if you can. It would be very much appreciated. Uh, Jay, any last words from the depths of the TD Garden? It's almost 3 a.m. Are you, like, alone? Are you scared? Are there ghosts there? I just think it's time for me to leave TD Garden. It, and it is almost 3 a.m. The ghost of Jordan Crawford could be out. I, I hope Jordan Crawford's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to think, I had to think of a Celtics player from the past, and for some reason, Jordan Crawford came to mind. Steez. Steez, Eastern Conference Player of the Week. All right, perfect place to end it. This has been another episode of Anything is Potable.